0: Book the middle seat on your next flight, and you could be a prize winner. This is TFGM Button. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned
1: with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events.
0: Welcome to TFGM Button. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. Find us on Tuesdays and look for the Focus Group on Wednesdays. That's when we drop the video. Portion of our program, and on Saturdays is when the audio happens for that show. And of course, all of it's available at focusgroupradio.com. Both shows, TFGM Button and the Focus Group, and of course, all our partners, including Critics Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. Want to thank them for being with us from the start of Unbuttoned, and we're going to talk about them a little later in the podcast. Welcome to the new week, Mr. Bennett. And um, I'm going to kick it off with a headline that literally just crossed from Reuters. And I think that if you were one of these people, you might be upset. So here's the headline. Shanghai Disney shuts down over COVID. Visitors unable to leave. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes. So apparently 1139 a.m. on the 31st. Shanghai Disney closed down because of a COVID positive test and everybody in the park was told they can't leave until they return a negative test. If they've been to the park since October 27th, they have to do three tests in three days. And if they're in the park, They have to kind of stay there until things clear up. And Disney nicely is leaving the rides running for a while longer.
1: (laughs) Well, I suppose there's worse places you could be, right?
0: I was just thinking to myself, like, well, this is our opportunity to do like the Star Wars rides or all this stuff over and over and over until we get it. But I mean, you're stuck in Disneyland, right? I mean, it's like.
1: Well, that goes back to China's zero COVID policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, anyway, that was just one little way we kicked off um, the month of November. Can you believe it's November already?
1: I can't. I can't.
0: I, I don't. Um, I keep thinking that when we were, it has to be a function of age or something like that with the way this time is passing. But I've now, I've now kind of come to the conclusion that it's the 24 hour news cycle that drives this sense that everything's racing along like a car out of control because it's all the time. It, it, nothing stays on the front page. Is there even a front page anymore? Remember when the newspaper, it was the front page news, like above the fold. Yeah. You know, already there are things that happened just a day ago or two days ago that are in the rearview mirror. And, and no one's talking about them and, and they should be like the, the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, um, you know, that immediately splintered into a right-wing conspiracy theory about how he was having a, <laughs> a fallout with a male prostitute, where the H did that come from? And then it also had on the other side, people saying, you know, more people should be denouncing this as political violence. And then this morning on uh, you know, morning Joe or something, they had, um, this guy on who's like, well, it's on, you know, He kept mentioning Steve Scalise and the time he got shot at that, which is horrible at that softball game. But he said, you know, the one thing many people don't know is almost every member of Congress gets these nasty death threats and letters. And it depends on the volume and how much volume, you know, what's coming in. He said, but they're all afraid to just say anything, period, because it might trigger something else. So it's just crazy. And I don't, this, this might not have been the case back 20 years ago, even right.
1: Well, they did have, I, I know, um, Someone did. I think it was John Meacham who has recently written a book about Abraham Lincoln. But they did talk about. We remember we went through. We were too young, although we were alive. We were probably too young to absorb it, and we certainly didn't have the twenty-four hour news cycle. But we did have a have a spat of or a spate of uh, assassinations. That's true. Um, political assassinations. Horrific. King. Right? Right. Yeah. Um, Kennedys. Kennedys, and and so, and that had to have been a horrible time for. Um, as the country was going through the civil rights uh, issues of the time. And so we've been through, I don't want to say we've been through it and we'll get through it again, but it it is horrific. And as everybody said, as a lot of people have been saying, there, there are certainly political people you, you might not dis, you might not like, or you might disagree with, but you don't wish them death or you don't wish them hurt. And the fact that some of these leaders on both sides, um, but I'm particularly, I will say this, I'm particularly the Republican side. There's some leaders. I, I was just going to interject and say that I've
0: not really, you know, I've watched, just watch a Trump rally. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to get political about him, but just watch one of his rallies. The rhetoric he uses is almost video game level, like blow him up, take him down. You know, we're going to beat him up. <laughs>
1: Right, and nobody would want to see him or his family get hurt either. As much as you would disagree with them, so he just needs to. And as somebody had had rightfully said, you know, and and they're saying, "Oh, it's not him, it's not him." Well, he was able to stop the January sixth attack by saying, "Go home." So it is him, and so he could come out, and he should, as an adult, if he wants to be a leader, to come out and say, you know, there's no place for violence in our discourse. We can agree to we can agree on policy and we can agree on how we would run the country, but you know, violence isn't the answer. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but on the, on being a leader part, like Bob and I had this hilarious conversation over the weekend where he just was watching one of these shows and they were talking about the hammer attack, the whole bit, and Bob just like shakes his head and he goes, you know, why doesn't he just say something? I said, because he can't. I said, if he had a moral center, if he really believed in the Constitution, which he probably never read, but swore an oath to, if he really believed in the fundamental principles of the country and representative democracy, whatever, he would come out and simply say, I lost the election. I've lied about it. And I've you know spun up all these lies, but I lost. I'm not going to take the punishment for, for being a liar and for misleading all of you. Bob stares at me for a minute. Doesn't say a word. I said, what would never happen in that scenario? I said he would never say that because he's too far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, he
1: can't. Yeah,
0: and the minute you open your mouth and admit the truth, now you're in for a, a crazy shitstorm of you know legal stuff and everything. But Bob finally comes back and says, "You know, honey," he said, "But that is the way we were raised. That you sort of event, you know it's like I I cannot tell a lie, like George Washington and the the famous urban legend of the cherry tree, right? <laughs> he jumps down the tree like." I, I thought we learned that at a pretty early age. Um, but he said, you're right. He said, at this point, it is so baked into the system. And I said, in every single one of those people who believe to their core, that's that, you know, that Italian satellites changed votes only for him, that bamboo ballast with bamboo, shreds of bamboo were shipped in and by suitcases. <laughs> I like I, all these crazy ideas, right? Like the pizza parlor where they're draining. It's like the whole- Hillary's
1: dead. And this is a body double
0: yeah <laughs> all, the, all the craziness
1: people are living on mars
0: yeah yeah so the minute you take away the, the jfk um,
1: jr's coming back he's running for
0: office yeah, yeah and he's mean, da- he's he's down you know and he's downstairs right now let's go down i yeah. mean like the minute you take away the central pillar of that belief system which would be the person who started saying i lied i lost i know i lost i knew i lost the day i lost i mean the minute you take that away an entire ecosystem goes into imbalance and either rejects him and then decides to hold on to the lie so it's just crazy and i th- I think that tension i think that tension is what we all sense now uh we know that there's a group of people who who willingly are buying into a falsehood it, 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 and, and i and let's be real Let, if you really sat them all down and you went who wants to go point by point and debunk all this right but if you really sat it so i think what the anger we're feeling actually is this tension between You're believing in a lie, and I'm not, but you're getting further ahead because of the lie. You know, it's just weird. It's just
1: weird. Well, and if the Democrats lose, um, it's their own fault, because it means people didn't get out to vote. And so all the women that are upset about uh, a right to choose, and the fact that Georgia may elect um, somebody who's certainly not qualified to be senator and uh, and in Pennsylvania... They'll get their power. So that's what I'm saying, though. But then the country gets what it deserves. Yes. And right. I don't want to hear any bitching and moaning about it. Yeah. But it'll be we'll see. it's going to be a shit show. We'll
0: see. I think there's going to be some surprises, honestly, um, with the, the volume of early voting. Um, I just think it, it all the. And let's let's be real about the pollsters. When have they gotten this right in the last four years? It's always off somehow or there's people didn't speak up. and I don't know a single human being in my orbit who's been polled by anybody. So I don't know who the pollsters are talking to. But anyway, on to our stories for the week. Uh, We have three coming up for you. The first one is uh, something I've kind of known for a while, but uh, NPR had a piece and it says recycling plastic is practically impossible and the problem is getting worse. So, you know, we all throw all types of plastic into recycle bins. I mean, that that training thing happened pretty well for many Americans, and we dump that off at the dump or, or wherever the recycling center is. But the truth of the matter is almost, you know, the, the level of plastic recycling is about 5%, and that number is expected to drop further as more plastic is produced. And it comes down to this notion that not not all plastic is recyclable. And it's treated as if it is, and it's confusing to consumers and municipalities have to deal with this. And the sad truth is a lot of plastic that's collected gets put into a landfill somewhere. So Greenpeace came out with this study and they're hoping to change people's ways. And they're also shaking a stick at the petroleum industry because obviously they're the you know, prime ingredient for plastic. It was just sort of disappointing to me. You know, you think you're doing something good and then you find
1: out now it's all going to a landfill. So all the oil we're supposed to save with electric cars is just going to make more plastic. plastic. <laughs> well, it, rem- it, re- it reminded me as I read this a little bit of the tobacco industry that mm. they've known this since the 70s, as you said. They've, they've all conditioned us to, any, any plastic, oh my God, put it in the recycle bin. So we, we, we put all this recyclable stuff in. And I've heard Richard, a number of people say, they've watched sometimes here even, That um, sometimes they'll pick up the garbage and the recycling together and throw it in the same truck. And people are like, hmm, nobody's sorting through that. And uh, I'm always yelling about recycling. And I know here, as as some know, I'm a commissioner. And we've been um, reprimanded by the tourists and everybody. You need to do recycling. You need to do recycling on the boardwalk. So we spent all this money getting containers and doing separate. recycling yeah. on the yeah. boardwalk and special pickup and all this nonsense. Well, of course, it's full of contamination. We just got a report. And everybody's kind of scratching their head to say, are we just doing this to show um, the illusion that we're doing it? And when does it become just too expensive to you know keep the charade up? Because it's be, people are throwing dirty diapers in there. Yeah. Most of the stuff's contaminated and it can't be used goes so in the garbage stuff, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. all of this extra effort you're making to give the illusion that we're recycling and being green um, in many ways is really just a, what do they call it? Greenwashing.
0: Greenwashing. It's a charade. Yeah. And you know, this problem accelerated when surprise, surprise, China began refusing our plastic recyclables. And one big reason, and everybody it was everybody thought it was sour grapes back in the day, was that the Chinese companies that would sort and try to recycle complained about exactly what you were talking about, contamination, food. So people just use a container and toss it away as opposed to rinsing it out, letting it dry, putting it in. And they're like, no, we're not taking your stuff anymore. And that's when this problem mounted even further, because now we can't ship the problem overseas. Now we have to bury it. So it's You know, at the end of the article, there was a ray of hope where they said that there are a couple of municipalities who are experimenting with eliminating single-use plastics, which hospitals have been dealing with for years because many of the things that they do are single-use. And they're trying to get, you know, the industry to start really being, cracking down on like soda bottles, like certain things that can be recycled really need to be recycled. So I don't know. What's I gonna... was unaware
1: that you couldn't mix when they said they melt down or that, they, that you couldn't put different plastics, plastics together. together. I, was I thought t- they just ground them all up and used it for asphalt or they use it. You, you always you know, see I, things I where was... they made doormats mm-hmm. or they made sneakers or you're you always seeing where this has been made with recycled materials. I was unaware that they weren't able to uh, mix some of these plastics, which is a huge problem. That was a surprise to me, too. And, and I was like, wow, OK, so they're all slightly
0: different chemically.
1: Um, it's just, yeah. Well, this goes back to our grandparents' generation where they recycled and used milk bottles and soda bottles, right?
0: <laughs> the milkman would come and get your empty bottles. Then mm-hmm. they'd be sterilized, right? And then they'd you'd get your milk delivery. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah. Well, okay. I think plastics, by the way, are an amazing thing in the medical industry. You know, you you talk to anybody in medicine and they, they've just revolutionized stuff. I'm not so sure all the, bo- all, when you see the crates of bottled water, you're like, hmm, <laughs> I don't buy bottled water personally so you don't nope 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 what do you do well I have a you know I have one of these uh, metal bottles or I have my water bottles for my bikes so or I just go to the refrigerator and get a glass of water but the refrigerator has a filter and you know filtered right. water in the fridge and that's how I drink water. I just I just can't it's like when you were growing up we were growing up remember you know who would buy who would spend your mom who
1: would spend yeah. money on water stupid enough to pay for water <laughs> Oh, we should sell the water out of the, out of the spring. Everybody's lining up in Roxbury at the spring. Great case. Nobody can pay for water. Yeah, nobody, nobody's going to pay for it. We'd be sitting on easy street right now.
0: All right, our second story is a brief one, um, and it's Americans die younger in states run by conservatives. The study finds, and uh, more liberal policies on environment, gun safety, labor, economic taxes, and tobacco taxes are associated with lower mortality. It's not so hard when you look at when you read this study. And they've done some simulations where if they changed policy, this, uh, computer simulations, where if they looked at heavily driven conservative states, or they're completely Republican-dominated or conservative, if they changed their regulations or if gun safety, ch- anything changes, the number of lives would be saved. So what they say now is simulations indicate that changing all policy domains in all states to a fully liberal orientation might have saved one hundred seventy-one thousand lives in twenty nineteen, while changing them to a fully conservative orientation might have cost two hundred seventeen thousand lives. I mean, it's pretty amazing. But um,
1: let them die. Well,
0: <laughs> well, this is all goes back to states rejecting um, Medicare, you know, supplements and expansion of this, not promoting wellness and diet stuff. You know, there's suicides and gun deaths that happen. It's just so yeah. Apparently. You know, depending on where you live and your political leaning, right, Um, your state can be, say, like, healthier or not as healthy, right?
1: Right. Well, it comes down to education and access to health care. So in the last few decades, a lot of these Republican-controlled states were not supportive of uh, the Affordable Care Act, and they didn't uh, didn't feel that people should have equal access regarding a lot of social programs, uh, school lunch programs, and some of those things. So those states ended up... uh, Having a more difficult time, and uh, their people ended up dying more so than uh, some of the other liberal states, so there you go
0: <laughs> It's like we were just saying earlier about you get you get your pay for, it. You get your yeah. pay for it. Yeah. and I teased this uh this story, I think is kind of fun it's uh the Virgin Australia, which is a division of Virgin uh, Airways, has launched a lottery to entice passengers to sit in the middle seat you know, it's no surprise that no one really wants to be in the middle seat, right? Of a three seat thing, because you can't get to the window, which doesn't really do much anyway, but it's hard to just get in and out. So you, either you're like cocooned by the window or you're at the aisle and you know, you can get up and down. Middle seats always been problematic. I've been stuck in the middle a couple of times and it's not my favorite seat in the world. Um, so they're running a contest that, yeah, whether or not you book the seat yourself or you're placed in it, you are automatically entered to to win a series of things, bungee jumping. Um, I think there's a raffle. You could win up to 145,000. And, um, you know, that's funny. A lot of people are like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then there are a whole bunch of people who are like, eh,
1: doesn't matter what you're doing. I'm not booking the middle seat. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it'd have to be a million dollars, and then I'll then I'll think about it. But I, I laughed at the first opening paragraph. It said only point six percent of the people of the seventy five hundred polled said they'd prefer the middle seat, and they said they must have accidentally voted <laughs> that point six percent for the middle. That that was an accident. The point six, yeah, the point 0.6, because nobody wants a middle seat. And some of this, you're right. There was a helicopter excursion. There was uh platinum status, which is what mm-hmm. Virgin gives. And, uh, there was something at a, a football league in Australia and, uh, tickets for that. So I, I went on to their site to see. So if you fly between today and November 6th, you will get uh so the winning prize this week would be platinum status upgrade plus a million velocity points. Wow. And uh, so that's what you would get if you win the middle seat lottery this week. So every week the the prize changes, and you can see. You go online at the uh, Virgin Australia site and see what the prize is. So you, you're right. You have to download the app, but then you're automatically entered if you get a middle seat, or you can can book the seat and then uh and then of course you're entered. But yeah, I'm with you. It's it's similar to if when they oversell a flight and you need to get somewhere and they they start doing the we'll give you a hundred dollar voucher, we'll give you a $200 voucher will give you a free ticket to go somewhere. We'll give you a free ticket plus round trip, to, you know, right? We'll give you first class tickets somewhere. <laughs> the longer you hold out. <laughs> right. They need to, you know, they need to get somebody to, uh, you know, bump them off the flight. I by. have never um, accepted one of those offers.
0: I just, I'm like, you know what? I booked. I'm fine. It's And, and there are people who, you know, and, and they, they can hop on the next flight, whatever, you know. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I got kicked off once. Um, I was with Ragini, and uh, I got kicked off because we had the same. I had the same name of someone else. Oh my god, that's so weird! Right, and the guy and the guy had more status than me, so <laughs> I got diverted. It was right before nine eleven. I got diverted to North Carolina, which ended up extending my trip even more. I was furious, but. What happened? Same name, different status, different airpoints level. (laughs) There you go. Yeah.
0: All right. At the uh, top of the podcast, I mentioned that Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, is a partner of ours here on TFG Unbuttoned. And we'd appreciate it if you would check them out by going to our site, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on the Critics' Choice logo. And of course, you'll learn more about us at the site and uh, some of our partners, including Critics' Choice. So, at Critics' Choice, you'll find a whole wealth of stuff. And Tim, I was just looking at the homepage, and you know the
1: holidays are here when all those Hallmark Christmas movies start appearing, right? <laughs> well, I saw that, and then I was told, but I was told I had to get one because I, I, I think last year I bought White Christmas, and I need to add Holiday Inn to the collection. So I see they have Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn for eleven dollars and twenty-four cents a DVD. Which, you know, they're they're similar. The sets are similar. I guess the stories are different, right? But they're both. This is Bob's favorite, by the way. Holiday Inn is? Yeah, this is. Versus White Christmas?
0: Yes, yes and yes. This is the one. He has to watch the Bishop's Wife Holiday Inn. We have like a, like obviously Rudolph and the other stuff. But this one is hysterical because, have you seen Holiday Inn? I so have it's a little, little inn somewhere yeah. up in Vermont or Maine, and they put on these stage shows for yeah. every holiday. They do Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an interesting movie because there is a scene, a set of uh, a scene that sometimes they broadcast, sometimes they don't. And it's in, it's for Lincoln's birthday for President's Day. Uh-huh. And Bing Crosby does the um, does the number in blackface. And you can see that usually on the d v d but when they do when they broadcast it that they skip over that one because it, it is really like eye opening because everybody's in blackface and you're like, "Wow, this used
1: to actually be entertainment <laughs> what well, was nineteen what did came out in nineteen forty
0: two uh-huh yeah, which was you know that was very common back then, but this is Fred Astaire, this is uh you know ben crosby and um it's it's a brilliant movie, and um Marjorie Reynolds and you know, some great songs come out of it. But
1: Bob and I always laugh because
0: suddenly this little dining room turns into like a Hollywood studio. They're doing the whole show. Yeah. Oh, I know the
1: sound system's fantastic, right? Now. Yeah. yeah, you laugh. Like, hmm, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw something where they had actually someone had did a comparison between the two. I think it was on YouTube. They they compared the two sets between Holiday Inn and White Christmas as kind of having some eerie similarities, but I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't paid that close attention to them to see that, but I'll have to do that after I get holiday in. But Richard's favorite is White Christmas; he likes that one. Mm. So, so we'll have to see. Did you see anything else you liked over there?
0: No, there's always stuff to, to like. Um, there's the Richard Pryor collection, uncensored. Oh. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I was just kind
1: of fixated on the boy. Christmas the ho- is already. I here. know Christmas is here. Well, it's <laughs> November, right? So the people yeah. are starting. So hey, you get to uh go head over to Critics Choice Video and start shopping away. They've been with us, as John mentioned, since we've started here at TFG Unbuttoned. Head over to FocusGroupRadio.com, click on the Critics Choice Video logo, start shopping away. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And uh, while you're at uh, focusgroupradio.com, you'll also be able to find all of our media there, including our show, The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash, which is released every Wednesday with an audio version on Saturday. We uh, hope you guys are having a good fall as we move into the winter and holiday season. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday with our show, The Focus Group. Take care. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.